And here we go. Good afternoon, everyone. Hope everything is well. This Southern California damp and rainy Tuesday. Um, hope that you guys are experiencing a pleasant week despite what's been going on in the country or around the world. Um, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for allowing me to use this opportunity as an archiving moment. And for those of you here on the podcasting opportunities and networks, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have a blast this afternoon. Hello, the rear juice. Feliz man, greetings. Gearhead chick, good afternoon. Um, hello, DA9STI, greetings, MJ chat. Hello, New York Boosted Neon, good seeing you. 447, or 47, 4477. Huh. Good seeing you, hello. Yo, New York BC, good day, DJ Ramaroff. Um, Austin, hello. Rob Taylor, greetings. Hello, Dakota's Life, Rex Single Cam, thank you so much. Hi, Level Whore, <laughs> interesting name, good seeing you as well. Dak04, greetings, and greetings as well. Rich the Banker from New York. Hello, hope everything is well this afternoon and that you're staying safe. And New York, I know you guys are going through a crazy crisis. California is right behind you. We're staying safe. Wash our hands often. Practicing social distancing, all that fun stuff. Tyron the Pablo, good afternoon. Your borough from South Africa, good seeing you. Thank you so much, Austin. I'm surrounded by quite a few of them. I have a 912 here and a center seat red one, center seat black one, blue 911, quite a few. Quentin, fast and slow, good seeing you. Favorite car that I own would be the 935 EV that we just built recently that, by the way, our good friend um, Larry Chen was able to drive. And if you haven't seen the video, please go on to the Honigan Field and then um, have an opportunity to uh, view it under autofocus. He was very surprised. Uh, my daily today was actually a Lexus LS500H hybrid, which is pretty nice. Um, can you show them to us on the live stream? Sure. After this, I'll come out, come back in, and walk around and show you what we have going on here. Good afternoon, Danger. Good seeing you. The electric Porsche is dope, says Dash. Appreciate the kind words indeed. Um, how much is the intake for a 10 Gen SI? Need some news? Wu-Tang flu season? I don't know that price, but DM me. We have a relationship with um, our friends at AM Intakes, and maybe we can get something going for you very soon, you know? Do I still have the Odyssey van? Says the 540. Yes, it's right in the back of the area. We do have that. South Africa, many of you here. Thank you, Tinshin Yusil, I think. Why do the non-35 electric, though? Ramon, that's a great question. And the reason why I built an electric vehicle is because of our relationships with the OEMs. So part of our business here is that we build cars for the OEMs for major auto shows like SEMA and the LA Auto Show, New York, Seattle, all that fun stuff. And we've noticed that the OEMs, our partners, are really investing heavily into the aftermarket and also into the primary mode of mobility being electric. So as a tuner looking forward down the horizon, knowing that this is something that has to happen, even though I wasn't really into it, I wanted to embrace it and learn as much as I, I can. So I decided to build our own using something that I felt that could ruffle feathers at the same time, create a lot of buzz. And the 935, which is a very iconic Porsche race car, was a perfect platform for that. And then we incorporated an EV platform and it completely destroyed me, changed my mind. I haven't driven that blue car pretty much since I built it. I really haven't driven it. I think where it sits now, Drawn drove it in there. How crazy is that? Um, I haven't driven the car. It just spoiled me. The torque, the speed is really amazing. And it's, it's interesting that that car gets attention by being quiet, but also extremely quick. So now I understand what the OEMs are doing is the future and the tuning possibilities are amazing. 
Just so many tuning opportunities, which is great, you know? Rob Taylor says, I need a trouble gift for my Cayman Bad. Greetings from New Orleans. We can probably help you, especially if you have a 987. Um, the 981s are very interesting in terms of tuning, but 987, we have standalones for that can do very well for you. Would you do a 914 build? Probably say another electric. Well, I'll, I'll raise this up a little bit here, and you see that yellow car right there? Forgive me, it was on YouTube. See that yellow car right there? That is a 1976 914, and we haven't decided what we're going to do with that yet, you know? Magnus is here asking, when can I drive 935? That's a great question. I am actually installing the BMS this week. So Magnus, um, let's talk, because after I installed the battery management system, we're good to go. I have an Orion um, BMS, Orion 2 BMS, very good guys from Ewart Systems. It allows me to monitor each individual cell and provide immaculate balancing. And also, it incorporates certain thermistors, which allows me to monitor temperatures of the cells and then to put things in place to make it cool. So when Magnus is driving it, it has a lot of fun. If something gets to a point where the temperatures go up, it will activate some cooling systems and it will keep things safe and check for you, Magnus, and for us, which is good, you know? So very, very soon. Greetings, UK, courtesy of Brent Katchik. Good seeing you. Um, Adolf G says, you saw the Gavilla Mirage GT from BC that crashed on New York. Hopefully he's okay. Oh, no, I didn't see that. I did not. Your Porsche builds are legendary, says Dash Ben Bissau. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate that. Electric Outlaws. Hey, I like that. So um, that should be a new video, Magnus. <laughs> Electric Outlaws. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, did you have fun on Fastest Cars on Netflix? Yes, I did. And there's one thing I need to show you guys. That's reality TV. As you see, we have a lot of vehicles here, but the network felt that that is the car. The van is a car that can get a lot of attention, a lot of publicity, and get people's, you know, hearts tugged at, and it did work. So, that being said, think about it. Let's run on Compton and Main, bro, says gang member 310. Let's do it. I used to run there, race there years ago uh, with my old Rex, and made a lot of money racing Compton and Main and also Mansville and other parts of the South Bay area. So, it's pretty cool. Peter Mai, courtesy of South Africa in the house. Wow, so much South African love. Thank you so much. Ever consider a 918 build? Yes, Dash, I have. But those are pretty penny nowadays, aren't they? You know? I need you to be me EB4 4x4 van. Ali, all day, every day, mofo, I would do that for you. Send me a DM. I would love a project like that for one of our clients, by all means. Miss MZ3, haven't tuned in a while. Hello, Miss. Yes, you're right, because we're practicing social distancing. So no tuning recently. <laughs> Do I like drifting, says Francisco AGT. Not myself. I don't drift myself, but I do appreciate the art and also the skills that go into it. So it is a proper sport. For me, I prefer motorsports that are, how should I say, conclusive rather than subjective. So I like numbers, that being said. So, you know. Chinaman's brother-in-law, good seeing you. That is Tacoma. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us today. Carson's in the house, courtesy of gang member. I used to live on Rose Carson Central, if you're familiar with that area, for many, many years while I was in college. So I know about Campanella Park, which was nearby, and um, did some, some really cool stuff there. JDM asked does a Porsche have a ludicrous mode? It has something very similar. I haven't given a name yet. Maybe I could call it beast mode. Maybe I should call it that, beast mode. Um, it is a switch that allows the driver to ignore all thermal limitations. And... After you do a crazy run up to 18,000 RPMs, you have to shut the car off to reset it. It's pretty bananas, and it just ignores everything. And I'm so terrified of that mode, I haven't even driven it that way yet, you know? Is EV West a direct competitor now, says Maddie BE23. No, they are my friends. Michael, them, I love them. Um, some of the components on my K3V I purchased from them, so they're good guys. 
just like any market, whether it's a Porsche marketplace or Sport Compact, I try without much success. But we are all one big happy family and we tend to share technology back and forth and interact. I even spoke to Michael this morning. They're good people. AM Electronics, my good partners. The AEM brand is something that is near and dear to my heart. The founder, John Conciario, is my mentor, still is, and he's the reason I am where I am today. So you look at the cars right behind me, that has an AM Infinity, that has an AM Infinity, that has an AM Infinity, that has an AM Series 2. <laughs> I love AM stuff. Their stuff is fantastic. And we're embarking on this new journey with them under AM EV. So you can look forward to some great, safe, and fun projects coming from AEM and Bisimoto on the EV front. What is the best transmission to use on a Beetle build? It depends on how much power you make. It could be low horsepower, you use a bus. It could be high horsepower, you use something like a Mendiola. It depends. So let me know some more thoughts and I can be able to point you in the right direction. Are you showing video of the internals now? Of what, Matty? I didn't quite get your question properly. Um, used to kill, do I kill my B15 just because of you? Thank you so much. You know, I, I really did some damage back in the day with a single cam engine, both on the D series and the F series. And it's been great, you know? Yo, that twin turbo 930, how much PSI does it pitch? Not much, that is close to one bar. 16 PSI to get 850. But it has twin turbonetics billet 57 millimeters. So they're pretty decent sized turbos, which is nice, you know? The electrical Porsche, um, yeah, I can show you that. I'll show you how it looks now, but it's like nothing in it because I'm my battery's out and I did a BMS. So I'll go out, I'll come back in, um, and we'll walk around. I'll show you what's going on here. Hmm? Bring back the single cam insight. You know what? With what's going on now with social distancing <laughs> and what the world is going through now, I should. As a matter of fact, um, that single cam, and forgive me, AEM, had a Series 1 on it. So I'm upgrading it to an AM Infinity. <laughs> so it should be a much faster car when we're done because it has a lot more to to to, how should I say, put out there. So I'm pretty excited about that. What's the best chance to put a K-Series engine? After this quarantine, I'm going to build a, my race car. It depends. Do you want front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive? If you want front-wheel drive, you want something lightweight. So front-wheel drive, CRX is the way to go. If you want rear-wheel drive, I want to stay on the JDM field. How about this? An AW11 first-generation MR2. Mid-engine for balance, rear-wheel drive. A K-Series would just go bananas with that. Chino Akita from Argentina. Good seeing you. Any new work on the Veloster N? Um, yes. I've been doing a lot of tuning with the ECU board, so there's a little bit uh, more opportunity there. The one thing about the Veloster N is that, you know, huh, that ECU, that Bosch ECU is very, very clever. There are torque limits that seem to be a bit of a challenge for many tuners, but we're able to bypass quite a few of those, you know? Can an EV Porsche be fast charged using a Tesla network? It can with an adapter. So the EV Porsche we have has a J1772 plug, which is not the direct Tesla supercharger plug. Um, one of the best, I would say, high output stations that I've seen is what we have here, courtesy of, of um, Blink. Um, and we have about 30 amps here. And then there's something that was really crazy I saw at the Porsche um, Experience Center. That thing charged really quickly. So I don't know what amperage they're putting out there. But um, I do have J1772. My current BMS allows me to do Chadmo charging. So I may have to update, update that as well. First generation MR2. Small. Even SW11 is nice to try and get some K-Series part. Thanks. Yes, Adolf G. That would be the way to go. Let's see the electric motor and cooling on the EV Porsche. Well, I'm not done with the cooling system. So what we're doing now is I'm setting up a BMS. And I'm going to set up the BMS to control a cooling system, both with a fan and also liquid cooling. So as I go through that, I'll put some of that information out there. Right now, I'm actually doing some really clever things with the individual cells. 
What's up, says RevSec. Hello, Rod. Your car is right here in the showroom, right front and center. That's Rod's car right there. Forgive me, you guys on YouTube. So Rod's car is right there, chilling with a battery tender in the showroom. So it's in good hands, Rod. Good seeing you indeed. Let's see here. I'd love to see some more wrestle modding, like some custom electric motors and some traditionally problematic autos. L motor you did on the van was truly awesome. Love the hybridization of autos. And the Batman, please forgive me, but um, I hopefully I won't break your heart here. But that was a big April Fool's joke. So I did that April 1st every year for as far back as I can remember on social networking, whether it's far back as MySpace to today with Instagram. I tend to do these clever things on the 1st of April, so forgive me. But the response I got from you and others is so strong, even from the media, it's something that we should explore. So AEM, you're here. Um, we'll chat soon around how we can make that a reality, but I think that's something that we definitely need to do. RSX, Type S, with a K24 show block, RBC manifold, full exhaust, ECU. Could I see much horsepower by replacing the stock throttle body? Can I keep cruise? Yes and yes. So the factory throttle body is very restrictive. One thing I do on a dyno, especially with your kind of setup to the RBC intake, is doing sweeps, I tend to put in a pressure sensor connected to where the brake booster would typically exist. And what that does, is it monitors the atmosphere that feeds the engine. So you're monitoring the intake manifold. Now, why am I doing that? If your engine demands more than your intake can provide, you create a vacuum inside the manifold. So whenever I see anything north, or better yet, should I say south, of one millimeter of mercury depression, guess what? The intake is restricting the breathing of the engine. And if you remove that restriction, you can pick up power. I mean, good power. I've had customers come here with almost five millimeters of mercury depression. And um, it was pretty significant. When they remove that restriction of the throttle body or the intake pipe or whatever the case may be, they pick up 15, 20 wheel horsepower on a natural aspirated setup. So, yes, you need to update definitely your throttle body. And if you're dry by wire, it's even better. Do you use a 3D scan on your projects? If yes, what is the best and the cheapest and what are the best pros to use it? Well, here's the thing, yes I do. But the funny thing is, the pros of a standoff 3D scanner is much better, but you're limited to the amount of body panels that you could cover if you got a cost-effective one. The expensive ones that can cover a huge mass area can get into the tens of thousands of dollars. You can do a fur arm, but that's very, very challenging. You can go old school and put reflective dots on the body and scan it. We've done that as well. If I can walk over to that Porsche over there, you can still see some reflective dots there and some tape. But the pros are the fact that you can get better resolution with the high horsepower, high horsepower, eh? high dollar equipment. The challenge is, the cons, they are extremely expensive. So we do. We also use 3D scanning for engine bays, but we don't use fur arms. So that's too old school and very time consuming. Do you think the K3 Porsche can have a tested screen computer as R35, R13, like have its own setting to programming? That would be epic. I am actually not an advocate of screens in old school cars. That's the one thing that I don't do. So what I derive pleasure in R35 is having you sit in the car, or like when Magnus drives, he sits in the car, he looks around, it looks and smells like an old Porsche. But then he, when he gets on the fun pedal, it is just an explosive experience, a good explosive experience, of course. So that being said, having a screen there will kind of take away from that. But if clients want to explore that, we'll be more than happy to put that into their cars. But for my own personal vehicles, 
I love the old school feel and look of it. So unlike some of the conversions you see out there that have touch screens and small screens, some have large screens, some have multiple switches that you have to, you have to hit in certain intervals to turn on the pre-charger and, and the positive contactor and the negative contactor and the control. Mine is very, very, as you may see, go watch Larry Chen's video on Hoonigan under autofocus. You get in, you turn the key and you just drive. So we have electronics that are hidden, do all the work for you. And we are setting up such a protocol that you can use very simple analog looking buttons that look very factory to monitor and also limit the amount of output that the car has. I'm even using something as clever as a nice little switch that was repurposed that used to be used for like a side mirror to initiate the beast mode, which is pretty crazy, right? So forgive me, but I like to do things a little differently. Hey, Shell, how are you? Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Appreciate that. I hope you're staying safe out there. After coronavirus, can I take my 98 Jetta to you? Yes, you may. They have 800 charges at Porsche centers, I think. 800 charges? I don't know what that means. You mean 800 volt chargers or 800? I don't quite know. Hello, stateless soldier from India. Thank you for joining so well. Appreciate that. Watch the Hunnigan Autofocus says Tetari Custom Works. Oh, your 935, great car. Literally makes me a guy that used to hate EV, start loving it. Keep up, keep creating, BC. Thank you so much. And I was the same way. Diehard petrolhead. My thing was the, the just the, the, the drive and the love of taking small internal combustion engine motors and creating lots of power with it and like spanking on guys who are boosted or bigger displacement or V8s. I just love that. And I love the sound and smell. But as I, as I continue to get deeper and deeper into the internal combustion engine arena, Something interesting happened. I started not to like the, the exhaust fumes and the smells and the ozone layer being attacked and all that stuff. So I started switching over, thanks to AEM, who was here, I started switching over to flex fuel, which allowed me to run like ethanol-based fuels, which were more, uh, how should I say, uh, friendlier to the environment. And if I was in a very big a pinch somewhere and I didn't have experience range anxiety because I can just fill up on 91 and get to where I need to get to and then drain it out and put my E85 back in, or E90, or E100, which is not legal. Anyway, so I was about that, but I knew there was something else. And watching the OEMs, even though I wasn't into it, even if an OEM came to me for a project like Honda did with the CRZ, my first thing to do was rip out the hybrid engine and put a K-Series in it, but I'm glad they made me stay. And then Acura sent us a bunch of NSXs, and we drove it, and it was just amazing. Guess what, guys? It just changed my life, building my first one, and now I am spoiled. If you don't like EVs, that is good because that's probably a blessing in disguise because if you do drive one as an enthusiast, it would change your mind. I'm not talking about like some of these put putting around ones. I'm talking about performance EVs. They are amazing indeed, you know? Ever built a J30A1 to its full potential? Never have. I have barely scratched the surface on a J35 in the Odyssey. My pleasure, Fabio, indeed. How would you go about making an all-wheel drive e-drivetrain? Very simple. Um, we have partners, technical partners that exist. I'm in Orange County. Karma's one of them. What I would do is the very simple way, which is much simpler from a somewhat fabrication perspective, is to have two drive units. So I have a front drive unit and a rear drive unit. They can be both large, both small, one large, one small, whatever the case may be. And that's what I would do. And the beautiful aspect of that, you don't have to worry about, especially a chassis that's not built for you, you don't have to worry about doing any kind of drive shaft down the center of the car. You can use technology to your advantage wiring to be able to control both. Um, you can do all kinds of crazy things. And think of a world where you can have vectoring on both front and rear. You can do some really clever tricks with the car, indeed. Hello, AJ Thompson from across the pond. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. 
Which dino do you prefer? Says Kenneth Jiang, Mustang, Dino Jet, or Dynapack? Of all those, a Dynapack. And one key reason is it removes the variable of a tire interface from the equation. On both Mustangs and Dino Jets, which are both they're good dinos, but they don't allow me to tune partial throttle properly. And I hate strapping down cars. And if I'm building high horsepower cars, which a lot of my cars typically are, I don't want people sitting on the trunk or the front to keep it down. I like the safety of that. And here's something else. Most of my customers come here with bad alignments because they're just getting the cars together. If you have a roller dyno, the alignment skews the results. If you strap down the dyno more, it skews the results. I just like the consistency of a dyno pack. And the fact that hydraulics inside are so strong, it allows me to do wonderful things with tuning. It is my dyno of choice. How was the QDH TUD crepe differential? Absolutely fantastic, Stephen Morris. I've had a lot of experience with crepe differentials. There's a crepe right there in the red one. There's a crepe right there in the blue one. And now... I'm exploring putting Quake differentials into EV applications and it really solves a problem that exists with these open differentials in EV conversions that use the Tesla drivetrain. What Tesla does in the factory setups is that they use the braking system as a clever way to limit spin. So if you have an open differential and you have access to all your brakes around, especially the all-wheel drive or all-wheel drive setups, you can easily use the brakes to slow down a wheel that's getting out of control. But that's using electronics. Now what if you do a swap? What do you do then? Hey. You go with something mechanical and proven, which I love with the Quaif ATB. Hey, BCC Obiwanza, do you think a D16 with 11.5-1 compression would be capable of passing California emissions, assuming the tech was unaware that the vehicle was tuned? I do not know, because one thing that I've noticed is that with higher compression, if you want to be able to get away with running commercially available petrol, just regular 91 or 87, 80. You do have to kind of cheat the system by using a larger camshaft. I'll use a larger camshaft to play around the dynam dynamic compression to get you safe there. Something else happens. You have to add a little bit more fuel. When you add a little bit more fuel to keep things safe, you may have an opportunity where your emissions will not fall into the right realm in terms of NOXs and COXs. It is possible, but I haven't tested it. I would be guessing if I told you I had the answer for that. The only way to know for sure is to explore it. You won't be able to tell 11.5 to 1 looking at the engine because that's internal. But if you do tune it, it'll be pretty interesting, especially in the California setup where you have 25 mile an hour runs, you're driving a steady state. That could be pretty interesting. Loved your J-turn in the Velocity and Hoon video. Sub, I need to go take a look at that. I have not even seen that video yet. Huh? Such a great build on EV port, says Maddie B23. Thank you so much, sir. I sincerely appreciate that. Hello, Brooklyn, courtesy of Alex Levi. Good seeing you. iPhone or Samsung? I'm using an iPhone. But I have a Samsung for this. This is my podcasting. So I'm using Apple to talk to you. I'm using Samsung to be able to <laughs> record my um, podcasting. And you know, very unknown fact, this is also a device I use to monitor in the red car my lap times, which is very interesting when I go racing. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate the kind words. 509 SRT says, K3V is a savage build. Thank you so much. And I look forward to doing more with that, if not more to come. Appreciate that, you know? Easy Stilly Design. Just got my cartoon on Flex Fuel setup. Utilize the AM Flex Fuel sensor. It is amazing, isn't it? It's fantastic. Thanks for the Wagon D66 Stream Scroll Turbo Manifold. This thing is my holy grail of car parts. Amen. My pleasure indeed, sir, RB. It's the sounds for me. It's too weird. I'm experienced to press the pedal. I have no noise coming from the rear of the car. Well, Bentune, that's where you stand corrected. And I'll tell you why. 
On my K3V, I literally have no demarcation between the driver and the rear engine compartment. So what does that mean? I hear all the motor noises that are pumped into it. And it's very, if you want to hear pretty much an amplified version of what we typically hear in performance EVs, go look up the ID, Volkswagen ID that exists, the race car they have. You hear that nice guy, that's how it's, you do have a sound. It's not completely quiet. So Benton, I don't know if you've driven a performance EV, um, by your comment, maybe you haven't, but there is a sound. It's different, and it's quite intoxicating in its own right. When do you go to carry the Odyssey to drag race for take time? I don't know. Oh, my God, I don't know what that means. BC, when do you go to carry the Odyssey to drag race for take time? I don't know. I, I, so you're asking me when will I take the Odyssey to race? I do have a lot of race cars here that are built for racing, so I typically race my race cars and cruise my cruise cars. So, um, you know, Lord, but that EV instant torque, amen, DV sluggers, you are so correct. Roof, single RWB. Um, I can appreciate all three of those tuners, um, and they all have different price points. The roof and single may be fairly similar. RWBs are typically customers who bring their own cars. I even showed one today that we worked on. We've done six together with Nakai, and um, it depends on your, toy, on your choice. So what I've seen is that guys who are dad's age, who have the resources and really like that really fine look, go for Singer. Those people, both young and older, who love performance, like the roof, because it really has that those OEM feel to it. And then some of the hot boys, as we joke around here with Duran and the rest of the team, is uh, loves the RWBs, you know? What up, BC? Hope all is well. You and the family, safe and healthy. Thank you so much. Montel, J27. Yes, we are. Um, hello, JDM King. Good seeing you. But how can you get past the lack of smell, the lack of sound, the turbo lag? Without doubt, can, what can you complain about? How does it... Feel to, to a true auto. So the bad man, I'll ask your questions in order of importance. Um, I don't like the bad smells of internal combustion engines. I never did. So I mentioned before that I'm a huge advocate of playing around with exotic fuels, particularly fuels that are more environmentally friendly because I just don't like that smell. So you look at some of the 935 videos, which I looked at because I love 935. You see them starting up in Germany and they're spewing out these exhaust fumes. I don't like that at all. So for me, I don't like it. The sound... There's no lack of sound. The EVs do have their own unique intoxicating sound, which is different, but also quite nice. So I don't, you know, before I thought I needed it, but when you drive it and the experience is so great, you really don't miss it because it's just so amazing. The turbo lag, I don't like lag. So I spend lots of money and time, lots of time on a dyno, tuning cars, exploring anti-lag, which is hard on parts, to prevent lag. For me, the perfect turbocharged application would be one that absolutely had no lag whatsoever but didn't have any detrimental effects to the power plant as well. So the blue portion right there, that's really lots of fun, but it is a little laggy. The red center seat right there is laggy. This one, even with a smaller turbo, is laggy. I don't like lag, so I don't enjoy that. I wish I could do without it. That's why one of the reasons why I love the new Acura NSX with the V6 petrol engine to give you that little sound that you may love. It reminds you of your, and then the EV application where you can launch immediately and have that out the whole explosive launch. It's a good combination. And how does it feel like a true auto? It does, because I'm an enthusiast. I'm not a, a guy who likes to pose about cars. I love going fast. I love cars. It's the reason why I built the van. It's the reason why I built the center seats. It's the reason I just love going, having fun. And I'm telling you guys, the 935 is unlike anything I've ever driven, and it really has changed my mindset when it comes. And it's because I love going, I just love cars. So I don't need an exhaust to tell me that I love a car. 
I just love going fast. And imagine something like this brown 912 right here behind me, right? Imagine something like that, which put out, wow, barely 100 horsepower, but then you EV it and it puts out 300. And it looks and feels the same, and now it's a faster car, more enjoyable, you know, doesn't pollute. It's just, I'm telling you, and past emissions, California is a tough state. We have it tough here in California. It's pretty, pretty hard, you know? Honda question says Anthony Go. Have you ever ran the ITR5 Lux swap on any vehicles? I guess the closest thing that I'll have to that would be the wagon. So I do have a 5 Lux conversion on my wagon, which I'm wearing the shirt today. So this wagon right here, that is what I have. Thanks for explanation on the e all-wheel drive, says Benjamin. My pleasure indeed, sir. What kind of turbos do you use, says Dash Vin Visal? Dash Vin Visal. Uh, Turbonetics. So I'm a huge advocate of the Turbonetics Precision family. So I have Precision Turbos on this. I have Turbonex on that. No, no, I have Turbo on, Turbonex on this, Precision on that. And the blue one over there, I have uh, Turbonex as well. So I really love their components a lot, you know? Hello, Drooby Life. Good seeing you. Staying healthy? Amen. Yes, I am. Cracks of motion. Good seeing you, Richard, sir. NA or Boost Turbo Supercharger? So I like all the above. I love cars. So I love NA. I love the... the, the just the feeling of being able to kick butt natural aspirator using only atmospheric pressure as my way of filling the cylinders. So I love that. I love boost. I love turbocharging, of course. I have quite a few. I love the supercharging because it actually is the closest thing to me having the feeling of a large displacement engine with force induction. Not a huge fan of chemical superchargers, so I'm not big on nitrous or nitromethane. But I also love EV applications as well. So I love to do both, you know. Drive shaft shop upgrade axle. Yes, that's what I use as well. I love them and I use them in quite a few of my vehicles, you know. What's the max power you can go on 94 octane that has on a B-series turbo? It that's a very wide question. So it depends on quite a few options. So I'll give you a little example. You can do five, six hundred horsepower on pump fuel on a B-series turbo if you have a very large Kent Hint camshaft assembly. So if you have a large lift, long duration camshaft, you can get away with a lot of power and put knock at bay. But you have to monitor individual cylinder knock. Very important. What's the next project? I would say an EV and a hybrid. That's, I guess I, that's all I can say so far, you know? Let me content BC says mountain car junkie. Was wondering if you plan on putting electric motors on the minivan. Or is it top secret? So I mentioned earlier on, what I put up earlier last week was a bit of a joke, April Fool's joke. But because of the response from the marketplace, it's something we may do. So everyone's kind of away. I kind of want to give a nice chat with the guys, my friends at American Honda to see if we can make it happen. Maybe talk to my friends at Mattel see if we can make it happen. But it is a very good short-term goal of mine to make that a reality. I'm a petrol head, says Adolf G. I use a go-kart with EV and it sounds amazing. You get more concentration using a laps than a petrol engine. In my opinion, you're probably very right, sir. You're right. On the way by pick up some Purell. See you soon, sir. Would you recommend a stage one clutch on a 9th gen Civic or should I just keep the OEM clutch? I definitely would, especially if you have done anything to up the power. But if it's time for you to change the clutch, go with stage one and go with action. I like those guys a lot, you know? London's in the house, stay safe out there. Um, shout out. Courtesy of Luke Boy. Yes, I've heard of the 106. I love, you know, my first car was a Peugeot 504. That's the first car I ever drove. So I love Peugeots. 
Lovely like a Porsche, says Leonard. June, Junelle. Just saw it on YouTube, and I feel what you said. EV power is incredible. It really is. It is a lot of fun. Is it possible to have a manual transmission or electric motor? Yes, many people do that. Especially some of the low horsepower setups. Um, it's very commonplace to have an adapter plate that bolts on to, say, say a Porsche setup, or even I've seen a Scion TC with one, um, Caterhams with one. I've seen quite a few cars with those opportunities. Now, what's interesting is the first two gears are almost useless. So you people typically take off in like third or fourth, because guess what, you have the torque, you can install it. Um, the challenge for me, as an enthusiast who likes to go fast, is that most commercially available gearboxes break with the torque. So if you go BC mode on those gearboxes, you will destroy them. So we look forward to talking to our friends in the UK, courtesy of Quave, to see what we can do to create some more robust gearboxes for the enthusiast community that can allow you to shift and also use your EV application as well. But there are very clever ways, even with a single speed, to simulate that. And by the way, single speed EVs are much faster than those that you allow you to shift, unless you want that feeling of being able to roll gears, then yes, it is very possible. Are you actually planning to make the Odyssey a hybrid or was that an April Fool's joke? Oh, you just missed it, D-Ling. So um, yes, all the way from Belgium, it was an April Fool's joke, but because of the interest, it looks like we're going to try and make that happen. It totally depends on our partners. I love to see you build an Evo. Have you ever built one? No, I have not. I help customers with Evos, but I don't have a relationship with Mitsubishi. Most of the cars that you see that we build are based upon our relationship with the OEM. So Mitsubishi, if you're listening, we're down to do some cool stuff with you. Hello, Nocturnal STI. Good seeing you. Full race motors in the house. Sup with everything. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you're all, all the way out in Arizona. Say hi to Jeff for me. Great guy. Um, have you ever built a go-kart? No, I have not, but I heard it's a lot of fun. I'm scared to build one because I heard that I would love it so much that I may stop building cars. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of fun, you know? Have I played with bicycles, powered or otherwise? No, just for my own entertainment, but never built one for performance. Do you have any plans on reproducing the FTD adapter kits? No, because of demand, you know? Hello, Kevin, sir. We miss you. Hope all is well. Build an EV go-kart. Oh, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Um, do you believe there's any potential on a B20B high compression or do another motor? Yes, there is a ton of potential, but with today's opportunities and technology and with today's marketplace, I'm telling you, bang for buck, you'd be better off building a K24 engine. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. DWG, good seeing you. DWG. Um, would you build a high revving hill climb car at this point? Because of the disadvantage of hill climbs and elevation and lack of oxygen and going slower, if I were to build a hill climb vehicle, it would be purely electric because it doesn't care if you're at sea level or 20,000 feet above, the performance is the same. And I love what VW did and how they broke so many records out there, both at Goodwood and also following up with doing some wonderful things at Pikes Peak. That is the way I'd go. Hello, Tilt-Top Performance, J.A. On your sequential gearbox, do you need to push down the clutch pedal in between gears? No, you do not. You can, but you don't need to. So I have a strain gauge on the lever. And that strain gauge, what it does, as the name implies, it physically transfers the effort of strain into voltage. And the AM Infinity I use has this very nice, clever legend that allows me to do ignition cut, a fuel cut, and ignition retard, or the combination of those three, or individually to remove power away from the gearbox to allow it to shift in the gear. So you don't have to. So, no, you just need to be able to do it just to take off. But after that, 
You can just bang, push, and pull. What are the legal challenges in swapping an EV powertrain in another vehicle? Well, in the United States, there are none. Um, it's kind of wild, wild west out here. So there's a great opportunity here, Efren, to be able to do that. And in California, um, a car that I built, the pink and gray EV, in petrol would not be street legal. But as an EV, is 100% 50 state legal. So it's really a blessing in disguise. Thoughts on the Mini Veloster? Awesome. I saw that at the LA Auto Show. That thing is amazing. I think it was the RM something they called it. It was really cool, you know? Want to trade the wagon for my four-door yet? Not quite yet, Kevin. Nice try. I think you have to fight uh, Marvin to the death on that one. Will you travel Pikes Peaks with the Porsche? I would love that. I would love to. So once I get this EMS in and give Magnus an opportunity to drive it around, it's my goal, and I think bad for us as well, and Jay Leno. There's so many people who want to drive the car. Um, it is my goal to start beating the crap out of it. Oh, Kevin, you love this. My, I'm going to try to install a line lock this week in there as well, so we can do some nice burnouts before the drag strip. So I want to do eighth mile. I want to do quarter mile. I want to do half mile. And I definitely like to try Pikes Peak. And that will really, really give me a challenge with thermal management. So I'm really excited about that, you know? Any thoughts on using 90 to 100 duty cycle on small injectors to reach target CC flow or to use large injectors at lower pressures with a regulator? I would really honestly, kid, I prefer to use an appropriately sized injector. But if I have to choose between a 90% and a low percentage, lower duty cycle. You can easily have injector coils overheat and injectors stay open at even higher than 85% duty cycle. So I'm not a fan of that. But I like to appropriately set up an injector so I'm in the 70, 80s. You know, 70 to 80%. That's how I like to set up my cars, backs. So I hope that helps. With mindset of the fuel that you use as well, you know? Hello, Mikey the Mechanic. Good seeing you. What are good cars to get in EV swapping? I would say that, oh my God, there are quite a few. I really like mid and rear engine cars because it makes it really lots of fun to do. So I love the Porsches. I love the MR2s. Um, I love any car that's like that, the old Lotus. Um, they're really, really fun cars to do it. Much, much easier. It's tougher with cars that are, R, that are FR setups because um, you have to do a lot of, how should I say, surgery to the chassis. So if you have, let's say, an S2000, um, the one way to do it is to either use a setup that's not very powerful or if you go with a powerful integrated unit that has the inverter, motor, and transaxle is one, you have to do some cutting and some fabrication. While you can literally put an MR2 or a Cayman or a Boxster or a Porsche 911 without really cutting anything. So I like that a lot. Rory's D16, what ITB setup? Kinsler, for sure. Give them a call. They're out there in Troy, Michigan. I think they're still open. Opinion of the Lancia Delta, amazing. I mean, you think about growing up and watching all kind of touring cars go to town. It's amazing. I think they had a very fast one recently at uh, Goodwood last year as well, you know? Marvin has an Accord. It's not even the same family. It's a four-door. <laughs> it's fast. It makes like four and two wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. Either convert an already all-wheel drive setup. Um, it depends on the chassis. So are you seeing something small like a Subi? Or are you saying something large like a Mercedes AMG? I mean, it depends, you know? AJ, long time no see. Hope all is well with you. Would you try making the Corvette C electric? I would not turn away from the chance. I would not shy away from that at all. That would be really, really cool to do that. But guys, tell you what. It's been a slice of heaven. It's quite cold and rainy over here. And I'm going to get back to work because so I have to finish my BMS system. But I'm going to go ahead and head out. I will try my best to come in on a daily basis to answer questions and interact with you guys during this time of social distancing. But usually I'm here at the office by myself, taking care of business, maybe with a skeleton crew, if at all. And I really appreciate each and every one of you. So stay tuned, stay safe, see you soon.
and God bless. Bye-bye. Cheers.